Hello and welcome to the Authenticity Effect. I'm Justin, coach, entrepreneur and a big dreamer. I'm pretty proud to say that I've been living the life of my dreams for a decade and I believe being authentic is the way to get it. At 21, I moved to the US and ended up spending my 20s living my best life on three different continents, surrounded by people with a diversity of nationalities. As I met these people from all over the world, I realized that all of us were not trying to fit in because we didn't know the norm we were in. Only one option left, being our true self. These 10 years made me witness that true authenticity turns you into a magnet of opportunity. Today, my mission with this podcast is to show you that living the life you truly desire is possible. In each episode, I'll introduce you to people who decided to live outside the rules of society and create a life they truly love by embracing their unicity. Each time, you'll discover the effect authenticity can have on your life if you dare to look for your true identity. So, get your coffee, tea or cocktail ready and let's discover a true inspiring story. Before starting the episode, I want to talk to you about the Authenticity Academy, my nine weeks mentorship program for women looking for meaning and their purpose. If you're scared to fail or commit to a situation you don't like or become stuck in an uninteresting life where you're bored and you feel like you're losing your time, this is for you. And don't worry, I've been there and so many of us experienced it. And this is exactly why I created the Authenticity Academy, where I gathered all the tips, exercises and concepts that allowed me to see clearer and to take action. My clients and friends who took the program said they unlocked their situation. They say they understand themselves better now and improve their self-confidence and self-esteem, which allowed them to develop their vision and go beyond their limits. If that sounds familiar, book your virtual coffee with me via the link in the description below. And now, let's get into today's episode. Karina, thank you so much for being here in the podcast. Thank you for um, having me. So I'm going to start with a little introduction. I like to do a presentation of my guests. Mm -hmm. So please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So you were born in Lithuania, but you moved to the UK when you were five years old. And you basically spent your whole life there. So you come from an international background as your dad was from Belarus and your mom is from Lithuania, but she went to a Russian school. So you basically were raised in a Russian culture and you can speak Russian. Yes, I can. Yeah. My okay. Russian is getting rusty though. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> so you were working in the event industry just before COVID. At first to survive, you started freelancing. Uh, so during the all craziness of the world and then you had the desire to get more freedom so now you're a social media manager and marketing consultant in other words you help service-based businesses level up their personal brand content and strategy mm -hmm. yes perfectly said yeah absolutely just the one thing though so I was raised in London but I went to So when I was younger, I instead of going to a Lithuanian nursery, I went to a Russian nursery. So then that's why I was very Russian. I spoke Russian. And then when I came here, I learned, um, I mean, I was still speaking Russian, but I went to a London school. So I was braced very, like, the culture around me was British, 
but I would at home and my culture is Russian, Ukrainian, like all the Eastern European countries mixed. So yeah, that's just a little thing. Thank you. That was well said. Thank you. Okay, perfect. And so you come from an international background, but you didn't travel much until recently, which we'll go over in the conversation later on. And you wrote somewhere, you always felt you didn't belong. Mm. So I want to talk more about this. Can you talk to us about your life before you took the leap of uh, creating your business and how you felt in your world and as an employee? Um, I think because I was working in hospitality, it was very much, you know, I had to, I worked for someone and that's okay. At that time, that was okay. You know, I, I was just saving up money. I was really lost in life. I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I came from a background in my school. My school wasn't the best school at all, but I kind of, I hate to say this, but I was one of the smart ones. And there was so much pressure for me to succeed. And they, the school put pressure on me. So the school looks good. And I think it was even more from my school and myself, the pressure that was put on me rather than my parents. Okay. Uh, so my stepdad and my mum, they didn't, they never really put that pressure on me. Maybe sometimes. But so then going back into my events, went into my hospitality job in events. And I always put that pressure to, to do the best and to just I was always that perfectionist but I knew this isn't what I wanted to do and just my way of thinking I I felt like was different in terms of I was more sensitive although I would let's say plainly speaking I would follow the rules I didn't want I didn't see why I should follow the rules in terms of um, going to work and you know making money Uh, that sounds like really like I don't want to work like I don't mind working I can put in the work but I just didn't see the point of me working for someone so hard but I didn't see the point like I'm not getting anything out of this right yeah so when I was younger I did think oh maybe I'll be a businesswoman but I didn't know what business like I think it's I think I was watching there's a show I don't know if you have it in France it's called The Apprentice it's where uh, this guy with lots of money he takes these apprentices and they have to go on some like business and marketing like projects every episode and I was like it was really interesting and I was like I'm going to be one of those people but I just never knew what because I thought I was never good enough I was not smart enough despite me being sort of smart I just didn't believe in myself either so yeah I don't know if that answered the question but yeah. why I come up with this question is that I have a lot of people around me Uh, so we'll talk more about it, but you didn't travel. And when we met, you really talked about that yeah. you, you had this desire of traveling, of discovering the world and new culture and new people. And in my circle, I found that a lot of people who travel or want to travel have this feeling of not belonging. So I thought that was interesting because you are not from the UK and you didn't mm -hmm. feel you didn't belong. Yes. So, oh, yes. Was that, it because yeah. you felt like a foreigner or because just because yeah. you were not, you know, because I'm, I'm, I don't know if, if that makes sense, but no, it does. I'm it does. I, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was I, raised yeah. in France. So mm -hmm. basically, yeah, I'm from here, but 
even though I'm from here, I didn't belong. And I know so yeah. many people uh, have this experience. Yeah, so with me, with the way, yeah, that that is sort of a thing, of a part of it as well. So in terms of, you know, me, I come from a very multicultural, um, I, I was raised in London, so I, you know, different cultures, different backgrounds is not something new to me. However, when I was trying to tell people where I'm from, usually even though people come migrate, immigrate to the UK, they're from maybe Jamaica and Barbados or Iran and another place, right? And they know where they're from. In my case, I had a bit of a strange one. So obviously I was born in Lithuania, but I speak Russian. I don't speak Lithuanian because I went to a Russian school. And if you look at the history of like the USSR, but I won't bore you with that. But if you look at the history of that, lots of people in Lithuania still speak Russian. But because I didn't go to school in Lithuania, I didn't, I did speak Lithuanian, but I genuinely forgot. I forgot everything. I only understand some of the stuff, like the basic stuff. So when I talk to Lithuanian people, and I start talking in Russian, and this was before the everything happened with Russia, before that all happened, they would like look at me like, oh, you don't speak Lithuanian. So then it's like, I i can't really say I'm Lithuanian if my own people don't accept me as Lithuanian. Then I can't say I'm British because I'm a foreigner. And I have, there's so many people who say, oh, you've got a bit of a twang in your accent. And working as a waitress, everyone talks to you. So they're like, where are you from? Or your English is so good. And it's like, I was bloody raised here. Like I was, I'm probably more English than you. <laughs> you know, I got top marks in my English tests yeah. um, when I finished school. So jokes on you. So it was in that sense, when I meet new people and when I interact with English people and I, when I interact with Lithuanian people, like, I don't, in, in that sense, I don't feel like I belong to a place. I found comfort in the way, like I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not really from, I mean, I am from somewhere. I do have, I do have roots, but I've just come to terms that I'm, it's okay to not have, be attached to one place. And yeah, I've just had to make my peace with that. Have you ever heard the word citizen of the world? Yes, I, I, yeah, I've heard of that one before. Yeah. Because I have a lot of my friends, including myself, since I traveled, well, since I lived in other countries, I lived four years in the US, wow. two years in Australia. So it's kind of like I, some part of the country stick to me. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. So I kind of like, originally I'm 100% French, but I have kept a little bit from the US and mm -hmm. kept a little bit from Australia. Yeah. So now I see myself like, when I'm with French people, I don't feel like I belong because I got stuff from other countries as well. So mm -hmm. I like this term of citizen of the world. And I have so many of my friends who are the same. They travel, so they just don't feel they are French or mm -hmm. American or Australian. Or That's really I, interesting. I, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that term because I... I heard of that term probably a year ago and I've come I was actually the other day thinking I was like there was that one word so that is actually yeah I should start saying that I'm I'm not I'm from nowhere I'm a citizen of the world I love this term because I don't yeah. I don't want to be just living in France I live on the planet and I feel like you have more respect for I don't know it's maybe in my mind but 
I feel like if I say I am a citizen of the world, I really care about all the world. Yeah. But if I say I'm French, it means that, okay, what's important is French and nothing and, else matters. Yeah, right? you, yeah you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I don't know. And I think as, as a society, we've come so far. It's not like the eight. Well, to be fair, we've always, as society, migrated to other countries. And it's been sort of normal. But again, it was looked down upon like, oh, if you marry a French and Spanish, oh, my God. Right. And now it's more accepted. And now we're getting I mean, there's obviously still parties within different European countries who, who are quite nationalist and, you know, they want to protect their culture. But I think as a society, we're moving to a different society where everyone is mixed. Right. Where we and I think that can actually, like you said, when you say you're like a citizen of the world, you care more about the world. And I think that can actually help down the line when you say, when we're talking about environment as well, like you you don't just care about France, you care about everyone. And if you say you're from like everywhere and you've traveled everywhere, you have more of that respect for people, for society, for the environment, climate change as well. And we're changing so much. And there's so many people who are now mixed with different things with Spanish, French, Ukrainian, Jamaican, Iranian, just, you know, Kenyan, everything's just mixed. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, I I feel like differences put all together. If you if you put two same people thinking the same thing in a room, or if you put two people from different backgrounds who come from, let's say, Thailand and Chile, I guess mm-hmm. that's totally a different culture. Mm-hmm. But because the mix of these differences, they become something greater and stronger so I love the fact that the world is changing and become more global and that you can mix all these differences and I believe that's what makes the world even stronger than before yeah no I agree I I totally agree with you it's such a beautiful thing to see and unfortunately you know not everyone is very accepting of that but I definitely believe the generations after us are gonna be they're going to be nonchalant about it. They're going to be like, yeah, and I'm from this, this, this. And so what, you know, yeah. um, hopefully the generations after us will see how great it is to come together, you know? Yeah. So talking about this, I want to go to my next question. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you have a lot of differences, it's enable you to be yourself. That's what I discovered when I was in another country. And that's, the whole idea of this podcast is mm-hmm. that if you don't try to fit in something, like when I was abroad, there was a lot of international people, some people from Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, uh, Chile, uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So when we were all together, we were not trying to be someone because we we didn't have a norm. So we were literally being ourselves and being authentic. And that's why I want to talk about, I want to talk about the definition of authentic for you, because we had this conversation and I love this conversation. And since that's the idea of the podcast, I want to know what your definition of authenticity. Yeah, I think authenticity means being yourself without all the societal norms, pressures, expectations. You're just yourself based on who you want to be, who you are genuinely deep inside and that might to some people sound like a bit as they say like oh a bit wishy-washy where it's a bit like like you said when you travel 
you're genuinely yourself because you have nothing to lose because you might meet up with let's say let's call her Sally right you you're gonna probably meet this girl Sally you're gonna be with her for five days after the five days you'll either be her friend and keep in contact or not but there's nothing to lose you've got nothing to lose by being yourself you don't when you're back home and let's say you're meeting your friend's friends I find myself trying to impress my friend's friends and I sometimes I am I I try to be myself of course as much as possible but I find myself being this other version of myself that's not truly myself you know Mm. I can't fully be myself around new people or friends of friends or even people who I meet just in workplaces clients you know you, you meet people in between so it's yeah it's really interesting that you've touched on that because I think authenticity just means not trying to be someone you're not without the societal norms and pressures so do you think your travel changed you in in that way do you think you were more authentic before or after so to give a little context yeah. mm-hmm. so you went to thailand uh, i think for two months yes yeah, so it was thailand cambodia and vietnam okay so we go a little bit more detail on this later but going back to authenticity Would you say that your travel, your backpacking experience changed your way of being authentic? Mm, You know what? I I think so. And and again, just to add on to that, yes, travel did change me. But I also, whilst traveling, it was like a healing journey for me. So I had to, it wasn't just like you go away and yeah, you can change, but also you have to make those changes stick. So I had to journal, I had to... I had to really like look at my behaviors from before and see how I can stop those behaviors such as not being authentic and really change those. So then back to when I came back from my travels, there was a point though where we, when I was in Cambodia and I met these group of people and they're lovely people, nothing wrong with them. But then I started seeing that I was not being authentic because I had noticed how authentic I was with other people in other countries. But these people reminded me of some people back home, of like friends of friends back home. So I started being someone I'm not. And I'm like, these are the, this is like me at home. Like, this is me back home. What am I like? What am I doing? Why am I like this? And like, for one week, I was completely like, not myself at all. So that also tested me that tested me so when I finally came back I was like right I want to be that person when who I was in like Thailand and Vietnam that person who was just like bubbly like I'm a chatterbox I was just telling people my opinions I was sometimes I'm you know um, not ashamed but like I don't like to share my spiritual side because I feel like I'll be shamed for it or people will call me you know weird or you're a witch or something I've had people say those things but yeah I just want I was I'm just gonna be myself as much as possible and you know now when I meet friends or friends I try to be myself as much as possible again it's we're humans we it's natural for us to want to impress other people and go back to old patterns but I just try and be myself and because before I'd have this anxiety when meeting my friends friends or just other people like this anxiety like I have to impress I have to like do this but now I'm just a bit more chilled and 
I'm just more myself. I'm still outgoing, bubbly, funny, because that's, well, funny is might be subjective, but, you know, yeah. So would you say that you were more yourself when you were abroad? Yeah, definitely, especially when uh, Thailand and Vietnam, for sure. Um, Cambodia was just an an anomaly because it was, I think it was just a test for me, just from the universe, God, whoever you believe in. I think it was genuinely a test and for me to learn because I feel like I need to go through lots of stuff and try every single thing and trial and error for me to become the person I am today. And that's with everyone, but I feel like me especially, like I don't care if I fail, I need to try. I need yeah. to try. And I, if if that means it to give you a bit more insight, when I was in Cambodia that one week, I was literally like drinking every day. I was like literally just partying all the time. And it's fun to look back on. Yeah, that's fun. But it's like not me, you know, to the core, that's not me and who I am. So Yeah. Well, at least you tried. You tried. Yeah, exactly. I tried yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun. Like, it, don't get me wrong. I like a good party. I like to dance. I like to. But getting that drunk was not was not sexy, <laughs> was not was not uh, like something I'd want to do every single day. Yeah. Um, you know, I am still in my early 20s, so I want to enjoy that time. But now I've kind of redefined what that looks like to me and it doesn't have to be like that constant because that was just something. And like, I think every person, no matter your age, and even if you go traveling like between the ages of 18 to like 35, I genuinely, there was like, I was getting drunk with people who like, who were older than me, like 10 years older than me. And it was fun. It was fun. But they also, I'm sure they also had to go through their own journey with the whole like partying And yeah, but again, not to judge anyone who enjoys doing that, but it's just not for me. So I wanted to go back a little bit and talk about your trip to Thailand. So you decided, yep. so when we met, I checked, we met about a year ago mm -hmm. and you wanted to travel. It was on your bucket list, but mm -hmm. you didn't know how, when and where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So I want to know like, What happened in your life that you say, okay, now it's the time, now it's the time to go explore the world? Yeah, so of course there was a few factors. There was the money factor. Yeah. Um, of course, depending on your job and what current job you have, it may take you longer or shorter amount of time to just go travel. So that was a factor for me. I knew roughly, okay, maybe by that time I could, I could go, maybe. But also it was another thing... I had clients and I thought that I wouldn't be able to sustain my business whilst traveling because backpacking and client work is hard. But during that time, I was like, maybe I shouldn't go next year. Like maybe I should. And I was with my best friend and I was just thinking like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I should go next year. Like my business is going well. Like I don't want to disturb that. How long was it since you had started your business at the time? a year and a bit okay so I was like my business is going well if I go traveling I essentially sort of have to start again I mean I could I mean I because I wanted the full travel experience so I did want to still work but I didn't want to get any new clients I just wanted to stick to the ones I had so I was like wow this is gonna like stagnate my growth I'm just gonna 
I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm so young. But then I, I had this other voice that like, you're young, just do it. And I was like, no, maybe. And I had these voices and I was like, to be fair, it wasn't so much the thought of uh, planning um, a trip is very daunting. And it was daunting at the time. But I came to realize that that wasn't the least of my worries. That was a worry, you know, planning everything, making sure I'm safe, making sure I can travel with my laptop, making sure I just go for it. But it was my least worry. It was more the other two two factors for me. The money and the fact that I would have to leave everything behind, sort of, you know, my growth. And I was like, I could... And I was just envisioning like, oh, but if I delay by three months, I can land another big client. And then after that, and then I can maybe, what about my launch? You know, maybe I should launch first. And then I realized, again, you can travel at any age for sure, but there is never going to be this time where I don't have children. I'm still able to live with my parents, luckily. And third, that I'm you know, I have this flexible job. I'm like, Karina, you still have a flexible job. Like, you don't know what your job is going to be like in five years. So just take this opportunity and just travel. And I just had to be like to my friend, because my friend was quite flexible to some extent. She was... Yeah, so you left with a friend. Yeah, with a and friend. You, yeah. And you did the whole trip with her? Yes, <laughs> we did the whole trip together, yeah. It's not as bad as it sounds. But yeah, I mean, we had moments where we would just go off by ourselves or we would just have our own moments or, you know, if she wanted to go out and I wanted to stay, she would go out and I would stay. That was that it was fun. It was fun. And so what happened between the time when you put in your mind that, okay, this is a good opportunity. I'm I'm going for it. And the time that you actually went for it. So it was chaotic. And I think. How long was it? I'm pretty sure I booked it this time last year. <laughs> either It was either December or January. Okay, and you left? March, like the okay. second week, March. So two, three months prior to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that time went by so quickly. Anyone who who's traveling knows that when that time when you book the trip and you have to go on the trip, goes by so quickly and then you're two weeks in and you're like oh my god I need to buy this I need to do this I need to book this appointment I need to do that and you're like Jesus and to be fair this was like my first big trip so you can you can honestly watch all the advice you can and nowadays there's so much advice online but it will never really prepare you for the moment you'll never be prepared for that moment where you're actually packing you're actually doing what needs to be done and actually getting on that plane you'll that's a, an experience no one can prepare you for no amount of videos you, uh, blogs can prepare you for that um I mean they were a big help don't get me wrong but nothing can prepare you for that and yeah. I just you remember to, your mindset need to address because when you leave your mindset is so much different when you leave than when you finish the trip yeah yeah ex- absolutely for sure uh you know you have to well, at the time, I didn't realize that I had to, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also in some ways an, an introvert. So meeting so many people was so overwhelming. And I didn't think you can't prepare for that either. Meeting that yeah. amount of people. It's like, you know, I kind of compare it to, you know, how when you get like lots of followers, like five followers a day sort of thing. That's like, 
that's like you but in real life you're meeting like five ten people every single day you don't know their names like you forget their names halfway through and you've spent the whole day with them you're like shit what's their name again <laughs> I forgot yeah um, but yeah no it's it's it was a hectic time you know for anyone who's like planning to to go make sure you've got a list you've got places roughly places you want to visit in your first country or the first two weeks and uh, make sure that you've got the right visas and everything because I was not able to go to Bali because the visa rules changed and I only found out on the day six hours before my plane and I was Uh. in a transit and I was in the airport and I literally I just cried I mean I know it's a first world problem but I just cried I I was I was devastated (laughs) yeah this is the kind of beauty of traveling is that traveling is basically having a ton of problems coming to you and you just adjust and you learn to adapt and to pivot to change your travel Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a training for the entrepreneurial spirit and so I wanted just to go back on something when you decided to go on your trip did you have the budget or you had to create the budget to leave? It was almost there. Okay. The budget was almost there. I just had to top it up, <laughs> you know. I was saving forever because I knew I wanted to go on the trip, right? It was always in my savings. That was my goal, to travel. I just didn't know when or, you know, I knew Southeast Asia as well was going to be my first trip, but I just didn't know where exactly. And if I had known, I would probably would have gone for longer, at least two months longer. But, you know, there's always time and I'm sure I'm going to go back again. So you said to me somewhere in our messages, the trip was amazing and I'm so happy with how it all went. There were so many lessons that I learned and things I'm going to definitely remember forever. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit of what changed in you in, in yeah. these two months and exploration? Yeah. Well, I was definitely tested mentally um, and uh, physically. So let me talk about the physically. The lessons I learned was don't get a moped. I mean, get a moped, but because I had uh, two accidents on the moped. On well, the moped. A moped bike. is like a scooter? Like a scooter, yeah. Okay. Scooter, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, moped is I the had... English word, the UK yeah. word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I've never heard that word. Sorry, word. I didn't know. I always forget that it's different in other places. It's okay. So the physical way was the way I got challenged was the physical way. I had two accidents and the first accident I pulled my leg uh, or sprained my ankle, sorry. And that was physically draining because I had a backpack. I had two backpacks. I had to carry that. And my poor friend sometimes had to carry my backpack. That week of my accident, the first one, was really difficult and it was just like like physically going around, going to places, asking people for help, um, you know, sometimes not being met with kindness because of that. And you learn how to handle the stress. You learn how to be calm under pressure. You learn just to sometimes cry. You know, sometimes I just had to cry and let it all out. And I was just crying to my friend. I was like, I'm in so much pain. And the second accident was the most painful one because my all of my knee got scraped and it was just flesh just mm-hmm. it was just flesh and that was the most painful one because 
there was like bugs would go on it. So you had to disinfect regularly. And I couldn't always have the bandage on because it's not it's not breathable. Like you, you need it, it won't heal. Yeah. So it was just so and I would cry because like just it would sting. It was like the worst pain I've experienced in my life. Now emotionally and mentally, it was a real test of my character and who I am as a person. You know, like when I met people, it's that whole authenticity thing. You know, I realized, oh, this is actually me. Like, this is actually who I am. But then on the other hand, when you're, when I was with these other people, I wasn't really myself. I was just trying to be someone I'm not, just to impress these people, to get, to impress them, not because of anything, but just to get along with them for this time. And, and it was just a reminder to not be that person. It's okay to be like, no, it's fine. Or like, no, I don't want to do that from that experience I learned that it's just better to be myself it's just better to state my opinion state what I think state you know what I think about them not in the kind way yeah so that was um I'm just trying to think of any other lessons that really stood out to me well um, actually I think I saw it in a post or somewhere in your Instagram or in your content you actually say that you learn three lessons So the first one you said is do what makes you uncomfortable. It helps you grow. Yes, yes. I mm -hmm. couldn't agree more. That's incredible how you, how we are able to do stuff that we didn't think we could do. And mm -hmm. when you are on the other side of the world and you have to figure it out by yourself because you cannot call anyone because you don't know yeah. anyone and you have to prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it and then you yeah. do it and then you realize Oh, that was actually easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think that one completely slipped my mind because I think the whole trip slipped my mind uh, because I'm so back into my real world. But no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, That was probably one of my biggest lessons. Like even just something as simple as going down a big, scary slide, you do it and you're like, oh my God, that feeling when you're at the top is like the scariest. And when you do it, you're like, oh my God, that was so fun. Yeah. And even like my accidents, I still, like the first accident, like I still wouldn't not do it because I was able to see so much on the moped. You know, that was scary for me to learn how to do it and also carry my friend on the back because she didn't know how to do it. So I had, I was in charge of myself and my friend. And also just to you know, uh, even just speaking to people, being the first person, you know, if you're in sharing a dorm with someone to be like, hi, how are you? Like, what's your name? Like, you can't be to yourself. And I think as well, in London, there's this thing, uh, British people, I'm, I'm saying this because nothing against them, but because I grew up in this environment, and because I can be like this as well. You know, they're kind, everything respectful, but especially I believe London, I don't know, I'm pretty sure it's everyone's very like why are you talking to me in the streets for example like why are you talking to me like don't talk to me if if they start talking to me about their day or about who they are or be like hi how are you they'll be like you're actually a weirdo don't speak to me which is not yeah. the right approach to have but that's just how it is here this is, And, like, this is yeah. just like in France in France if you talk to someone in the street the other person is going to look at you really weird and like what the fuck do you want with me yeah Literally, and you know, there's so many funny videos, funny quotes, 
which aren't really funny but it's like people saying like oh yeah what's this person talking to me you know but when you're out there you can't have that mentality you just can't like you'll get nowhere with that mentality and if anything you'll get frowned upon with that mentality so I think I'm going to take on I've taken on this mentality into my real world and okay I don't speak to random people on the streets but at the same time I've gained that confidence I'm more confident in these interviews and sales calls that I've been having in the last one month I feel like I can just do it I can just speak to them there's nothing to lose I'm not as scared and my anxiety has definitely decreased as well I can totally relate. So I left when I was 21. I went to the US. And so I invested money in the. I was going into an English school. Mm-hmm. And I was so shy. And mm. when I left, since my grandparents and I put a lot of money into the into the program I was going into, when I left, I was like, okay, I cannot stay in my corner and being the shy girl. I invested money. I'm gonna make those euros were spending for yeah mm-hmm. and I start talking to everyone I actually totally transform now if I'm in a like I don't know train station or in the street or I'm looking for a place I'm not even looking I'm asking like a random guy or girl in the in the street and it saved me so much time and you actually said another lesson that you learned you said not everyone is friendly it's okay it's not you it's them I love this sentence because we take so much stuff personally. And when you go into another country and you learn and talk to other people, you just get that sentence. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you were saying, you learn not to take things personally. And especially, you know, with the line of work that you do as well, you get to, you know, you're a, you're a mindset coach and you realize that we have our own demons. And I've also, for context, I've worked with lots of coaches and wrote lots of content myself about mindset. So I also taking that on with traveling. And even through traveling, you just discover that people are just the way they are because just that's just their personality. Um, not everyone's going to fit with your, with your personality. And that's okay. And the mistake that I made was trying to fit into this person that I wasn't you know and that was okay because I realized that I shouldn't do that next time and you know I am going away again next year so I will take those lessons that I've learned and be an even more experienced traveler. (laughs) What is beautiful about this sentence and about traveling is that so when you meet people for example from I don't know, Venezuela or North Korea or Saudi Arabia, where they have like a particular culture and you meet those people and you you just have no idea where they come from mm-hmm. and you have no idea how they do stuff in their country. I used to live in a, an American homestay and the woman was originally from Indonesia and she was eating everything with her hand, even rice. She was eating everything with her hand. And for her, that's totally normal. But if you do that in France, if you actually eat your rice with your hands, you're going to be judged by everybody in the in the restaurant or in, in yeah. any place. So what travel teach you is that you don't know where they come from. So yeah. the weird thing that they are doing Maybe it's something so normal in their country 
And in the same way, like when someone judge you about something you do, you're like, yeah, he doesn't know my life. So it teaches it, yeah, you to stop taking stuff personally because you never know the experience of the person you're talking to mm -hmm. and what they've been through and their culture yeah. and their, their ID. And you get to respect their culture as well because I don't even think it's weird, you know, like it shouldn't even be weird to us as people. Of course it is. That's our natural, like with the whole, the with the rice situation, with the rice example. Yeah. But again, it's like, it shouldn't even be weird to us. It should be, we should just take that as, okay, that's the way they, they do it. It's weird to us because it's not our norm. It's not our way of doing it. And I think we really need to, especially like all the people that come from the West, you know, when you're traveling to other countries, I think you need to be really respectful because when you come back, you realize and you see people making fun of certain parts of people's cultures and you're like that's actually not funny because they can they can probably take take the piss out of you eating with a fork so you know like you shouldn't label things as weird or that's the right way that's the correct like you know that's the beauty of traveling you get to see the world and you know i think as well as travelers it's important that we respect people's cultures backgrounds traditions you know even try out some of their customs in the most respectful way you know you know there was some people I came across when we were in Vietnam they were you know posting lots about um dead people who died in the Vietnam war and but it was not really in the most respectful way and you know I think as well as travelers we need to make sure that we're we're not taking selfies with you know very sentimental and uh places for the 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 locals as well yeah respect the culture and just yeah remember that you are a visitor so you yes. are in a country you go into a country you learn about the culture and you're you don't judge but just observe they eat that way okay that's not how i do it but that's another way that exactly. we yeah. can do it yeah, yeah agreed and so the last thing you learn was and i love this one not planning anything can turn out to be the best journey or adventure. Mm, I remember that one now, yeah, for sure, because I'm I'm very much like that. So if you know me, if you knew me before travel, if you've known me for a very long time, you know that I'm like an organized mess. I like things planned out in terms of my long-term goals, but short-term goals, I'm a bit messy. I'm a bit not organized, a little bit all over the place. But for this trip, we didn't plan everything, but we planned quite a lot. We were like, yeah, we'll go here, then we'll go to this country, then we'll go to this country. We didn't go to either of the countries that we planned. Like we didn't, we weren't meant to go to Vietnam or Cambodia, but it, we had to go there. I was originally meant to go to Sri Lanka and Bali after Thailand, but it just didn't happen that way. And I was like, that's the beauty of travel because yeah, okay, if you need a visa that that takes three months to approve that's a whole different story but if if you're um if you've got a passport that's you know most places don't take that long for visas and you don't need to plan everything everything so it really taught me to just relax go with the flow like for me like my friend I had to plan everything my friend and that's okay because I'm a bit of a control freak but um my my friend she's been the most chill person she's literally like go with the flow type of person and I was like no we need to do this come on like let's plan our next hostel 
and then like within the second week where we both realized we're like we don't need to be like that we can just be a bit more relaxed and I think for her she she learned how to plan a bit more and I learned how to not plan as much so it was like an interesting combination because yeah I think and she also had to take control at some point when I had my bad leg she had to take control as well a little bit and I just sat back and just let things happen as they were you know didn't know what town I was going to in the next week my mom's like wait where are you going next I was like I don't know she's like she, yeah. you know? and I was like no that's I, that's I the best going, part and to be honest when you plan something during a trip it never goes the way you planned it yeah that's so true yeah and when you and, and when you plan something you put expectation on the thing mm, so if yeah. you say let's say okay Uh, this weekend, we're going to do that on Saturday uh, morning and that on Saturday afternoon and that on Sunday morning and that on Sunday afternoon. And if it doesn't go that your way and if, uh, I don't know, an activity is closed or if you miss the bus to go to a place or if something is canceled, what happened is that you just think, oh, fuck, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, have better. What happened there? And you 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 get kind of into... um not an angry mood but you know like uh yeah you, you, you kind you, of, you're disappointed aren't you you're, yeah, you're disappointed that's exactly yeah. but when yeah. you don't plan mm, if something yeah. bad happened you, you're like well okay we'll figure it out and if something good happened in in, in the opposite way you're like oh my god that's amazing yeah, it's yeah. an amazing opportunity i that was so amazing to go with the flow and just let it be yeah no agreed and you have such a It's a different sensation when things happen unexpectedly, but for the best way possible. And especially if you didn't have a plan in place, right? You didn't have a plan in place, but it, it all just fits somehow. You don't yeah. know how, but it just flows. You're like, oh my God, I didn't even plan for that to happen, but it happened. Um, I'm just trying to think of when that happened to us. And I think it was when we were going to different islands in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. We didn't really know anything about Cambodia because we literally planned Cambodia within four days probably three days we literally were like fine we just have to go to Cambodia we can't go to Bali and we didn't literally we took it almost like eight hours at a time even hour by hour we took it hour by hour I would say what are we doing in the morning don't know let's just wake up at nine and we'll figure it out oh what are we doing then don't know how are we going to get to that island don't know when you were living in the flow like that how was your mood Were you relaxed, stressed? Like, how was your mindset? What was happening in your mind? It was a bit of both, a bit of stress because I didn't know what was to come. Um, but also nice when I saw the outcome of relaxing. So it was a bit of both. And for me, the added stress was actually working. I still had to work twice a week. Mm. So although I could have that with the flow I was still thinking like oh my gosh I need to have some structure I need to have this done by then so to some extent I could go with the flow I would say 80% was with the flow but 20% had to be a bit structured for my work you know to make sure I deliver the work by the deadlines yeah and that's why I stopped posting online because I just wanted to be in the moment as much as possible Yes. I just wanted to do what was expected of me and not try to mark it and try to do this. And because then I would have so many fears like, oh my gosh, I need to follow up with this person. I need to send them this. I need to send them that. And the workload that I had was, I was pretty comfortable with it. 
And yeah, I was maybe not making as much money as I would back home, but I was making enough to survive the travels. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, when you live in the moment present, it's when when I'm abroad, I almost never use my phone except for messages and mm. like really interact with people like you know like where do we meet what yeah. are you doing what yeah, is yeah, the plan yeah. for this weekend but instead of that like scrolling on social media I, I was not doing that and you're actually being disconnected from your phone actually connect you to real life mm. and so this past year as I'm trying to get my content strategy and be really mm -hmm. present online I realized that more I get into social media more I'm connected online and more I get disconnected from mm -hmm. the present moment and that's yeah that's kind of hard to find the balance yeah yeah no like even for myself you're definitely not the only one because I totally relate to that and it's one of those things that comes with being an entrepreneur it's so different for everyone you know, for you, it might mean taking three walks per day, for example, to really like connect yourself to nature again, or to connect yourself to reality. But then again, you know, you have to be connected again, at some point. And, you know, it is hard. And I've definitely struggled with that for the last, like, since I've started working, but it's every single month gets so much, I wouldn't say so much easier, but it gets, you learn more about yourself. You know, as as time goes on, I've had this account since June 2020 and I've learned so much about being online, about also managing lots of accounts at once. And it's also sometimes taking that break instead of working till 12 is what you need. But sometimes working in, until 12 and then having the break is what you need because and I've somehow learned to distinguish that and listen to my body. Sometimes I'm like, yes, I need to work till 12 today at night. And I know tomorrow I'm going to have such a good day. And I do. And then sometimes I have to just close the laptop at 3 p.m. Just go on with my life. It's the beauty of, of authenticity. Like when you actually get to know yourself so well, you can adjust your life and you can create what you really need. Just like you say, like, okay, sometimes my body tells me to stop. But mm -hmm. if you don't learn to know yourself and to know what's happening in your body, your sensation yeah. and everything, you just cannot adjust your life to that. Beautifully said, yeah. Traveling a lot is amazing because you find yourself in the other side of the world and you can just count on yourself mm. so you are your best friend you learn to trust yourself and you get out of your comfort zone more often because well there is no one else to help you and traveling solo just make you meet yourself I don't know if that makes sense mm. yeah no no it, you you kind of find yourself don't you yeah, and I think, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but each time you go traveling, and I know I've only had one big trip and then a few little trips, but I think any time you go on a trip, you discover something new about yourself. You're like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know about this, or I can actually do that, or I can, yeah. actually, I can actually take control, or I can actually maybe sit back and let someone else take control. You know, it's it's one of those things that I think 
everyone can experience. And I'm so lucky that I've got the privilege and, you know, the resources to do so. I'll always be so grateful for that. Well, I don't believe in luck. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you're lucky. I think you work to make it happen. And I think anybody in the world can do it. And money is an excuse. So don't say you don't have money to travel because when I left to Australia, I left with 2,000 uh, euros. I did the summer season in France on the seaside. I worked for two months. I made my money. I went to Australia. I had $2,000 and I found a job. So money is the excuses everyone takes, but... Mm not an excuse and everybody can travel and luck doesn't exist luck is creating by you luck comes after you put action into place and you work to get something yeah Yeah. so you were not lucky you did that for yourself Karina thank you (laughs) so I always finish the episode by three questions Mm -hmm. first question what is the best advice you ever received? Um, good question. Um, you will always find a way. There is always a way and a solution. Sometimes you have to get creative. You have to get smart. You have to get a bit witty or curious. Uh, there's always a way and that can be applied for anything. Maybe there's a few exceptions, but yeah, that's that's my short answer for that. I love it. Second question, what is the best lesson you learned? Um, To be comfortable with doing something you're uncomfortable with. I think it was one of the ones that we talked about earlier on, because if you're always in your safety net of what you know, you will never grow as a person and your ambitions and your goals will change from that. And you just grow as a person mentally physically um i believe to some extent financially as well Mm, i love it and last question what is something that you've learned recently that makes your life better um having fun there is more to life than just work Mm. Um, and this this advice is not gonna not not everyone's gonna agree with that and that's okay but my life shouldn't always be about work and I've realized over the last since I've been back from my travels that I've only been working 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 like literally hustling again to try and get back to where I was financially career-wise and I've taken a different approach this time as well in terms of not being on Instagram I'm on other platforms and other mediums and but then I realized I'm like wait on hold on a second I'm missing out on so much of my early 20s for this work that I might not be doing in the next few years or you know in a decade's time but the memories will always stay and they genuinely do because I still think about my travels and all the great things that happened but I can and I can always work on my career and I've recently there was this whole debate about this and yeah I'm on the side of you know just having fun so the way I've applied that into my daily life is just going out more like with my friends um trying not to be a hermit because I can I can sometimes kind of isolate myself because I'm in busy working mode and I stop taking care of myself stop going out with friends you know like I've got a boyfriend as well so you know like I don't see him as well and it's just I've just learned to 
to make time for those moments and to make it happen because sometimes I'm like my friend will ask me to go out and I'll be like oh no and then I'll like you know what tomorrow I'll work till 12 12 p.m it's fine these moments I'm not going to be able to do this when I'm 50 years old yeah. and I have this energy to do this so why not you know there'll be a crazy story one yeah. day you know you know I think Basically, my 20s, I told you that, I know you know, but basically, I spent my 20s just having fun and discover the world. And because I always had something in mind, I was always thinking, I don't have kids, I'm single, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. And I'm in my 20s. So if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? You know? And I'm so, so glad I did that because I actually... I'm so proud to say that the last 10 years, well, since COVID, I'm like just working and creating my new life. But before I came back to France, I spent eight years, more than eight years abroad. And I, I literally spent eight years just living my wow. dreams. That's amazing. Like you should be like a case study for, for backpackers <laughs> and travelers. You've done so much. You're honestly like, you're my inspiration, you know? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's why I created this podcast because I'm not special than anybody else, but I just, my parents always told me, be your own self and, and, and yeah, like just be yourself and do, do what you love. Like they never yeah. told me to do some, like one thing. They always told me, do what you want and whatever you want to do will accept what you want to do. So I just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just left my life with no limits and anybody can do that. And I, this is really my mission now to show people that the impossible sometimes is possible and yeah. you can live the life you want and just go for it mm-hmm. and believe in yourself. Agreed. Well said. <laughs> so Karina, last thing, where people can find you if they want to follow you or even if they want to work with you. So I just want to say it another time. You are a social media manager mm-hmm. and marketing consultant. Yeah. And so how can people find you if yeah. they have a service-based business and they want to work on the, their personal brand content or strategy? Yes, yeah, so the best place would be Instagram. And if you're not an Instagram person, I've got emails. Um, I can help you manage your small business account or if you're a medium-sized business as well, um, I can help you manage your social media platforms. And if you just need some consultancy on how you can manage your own account, I'm also here for that too. Well, Karina, thank you so much for coming in the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to just speak about my travels. I've got so many memories. I'm going to look at my iPhone gallery today because it's bringing me back memories to lots of oh, memories. I love to do that, to go back to my photos and like, yeah. it's kind of like bringing me back to the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It will, it will never be the same as actually being in the moment, but it's still, it's still something. Since I was traveling, I never had a lot of money. And mm-hmm. I always said, I don't have money, but I'm so much richer than most of the planet because I'm, I don't get money, but I get memories. And I yeah, guess that's, that's the goal when you, when you die, you don't care about the money when you die, but you care about the memories. That is so true. That is very true. Very well said. 
Thank you, Karina. Thank you so much, Justine. It was lovely being on here. Thanks for listening to this episode till the end. If you want to support this podcast, leave a review and share it in your story mentioning the Authenticity Seeker. I wish you an amazing day, sending you good vibes, joy, and all my love.